Well, there we go. That's the right one. I always uh, forget which one I have to turn on to. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another lovely Knuckleheads. Dream Elements bot is now running. Welcome, everybody, in the chat. Welcome, everybody, on the podcast later in uh, Spotify, everything else like that, wherever you're, wherever you may roam. Welcome. Welcome. Good to have you. Good to see you. Much love, everybody. All right, how are how are y'all doing? We're a little bit discombobulated. A little bit sleepy, actually. A little bit tired. But we do have something special today. Um, I'm going to start off with the something special today, which is something different. We have a, a local meadery. I say local. It's It's about like a couple hours away from me. But uh, Hive and Harvest from Monroe Honey. Monroe Honey is right here in Ontario. And they're they're serving up um, two different types of mead right now. Uh, blueberry and raspberry mead. So today I'm going to be sampling. Well, I'll just be having an entire thing. Uh, I ordered uh, a, a six-pack, three blueberry, three raspberry of the session mead. So we're going to dig into that today. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a uh, a review on that as well. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about some really interesting individuals. We're going to be talking about <laughs> you almost missed this dream. We just started Mirno. Welcome. Hello Blaze Firestorm Demon Wolf. How are y'all doing? A wig. Good to see you all here Ragnarok Knight. Good to see you. Um yeah, it's it's uh we're going to be talking about the Sack anime debacle today. We're going to dig into a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about tortious interference. Hello, Stacy. Hello, Ethan. I'm doing well. How are you, Ethan? We're going to talk a little bit about tortious interference and uh, why that's a watered down term now and why that's. Why, in, my, in this non lawyer's opinion, okay, as as someone who. Um, runs conventions and, and has to deal with the risk versus reward here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm going to tell you why tortious interference is not a scary term anymore as much as it used to be. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about what powers uh, convention owners actually have over their convention, over uh, <laughs> time to ride that wave. Hello, Catnip Dave. Um, we're going to have to talk about how, what, what actual powers convention staff and owners have over number one, their conventions, um, and their venues. It'll be a very interesting conversation, but, uh, I'm hoping that everyone's having a good, a good time for those of us in Ontario. I'm happy third week of lockdown, happy week, happy third week of super lockdown. We're going to dig into this, uh, blueberry mead here. I've never actually had mead before. This is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting treat. This is a six percent alcohol. And this is from Monroe Honey. The link to their website where you can order this mead is uh, in the description. Hive and Harvest Blueberry is the one that I'm trying right now. Um, kind of it kind of like smells like a beer. It smells like a light beer. Mm. Okay, that's very good. 
That's dangerous. That is really dangerously good. Holy crap. Um, it has like the it has like the fermented taste, so it has like the beer taste, but it doesn't have the abrasiveness of a beer. Mm. Really, uh, really light on the tongue, like really light on the tongue. Tastes like very, very good blueberry taste. Um, very sweet for an alcoholic drink. Um, really, really nice. I, I like it. Mead makes my world go around. It's delicious. I'm very impressed. I'm, I'm not like usually a, like a heavy beer drinker. I usually stick to liquors or light beers. Um, but yeah, no, this is, um, not bad. Not bad at all, actually. I'm very happy. I'm very happy with the blueberry. <laughs> You're late. The Wendigo wasn't being cooperative today. No problem at all. Hmm. I'm glad I got a lot of these. Holy crap. It goes down like silk and then knocks you on your ass. I believe it. This is dangerous. This reminds me of sake. Like It reminds me of sake, honestly. It has that sake taste, but it's like a really sweet, really sweet, heavier um, taste, right? Hmm. Yeah. Very, very nice. Um, so far, I highly recommend this. This is an, a really awesome job by Monroe Honey. I'm I'm super happy that they exist because like I've wanted to try mead forever, but it's impossible to get mead around here. Like impossible unless you brew your own. Um, and yeah, so there you go. We now we have a, a meadery. This is gluten free too, which is nice for people who are gluten intolerant. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we have a meadery. Uh, relatively close to us now. I think this is in Alveston. Alveston, Ontario, which is just a couple hours away uh, from me. So a little bit too far from for me to go. Good morning from Australia. Good morning, Demon Wolf. Um, anyone finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You thought it was all right, but a bit preachy. Chemistry between Mackie and Stan was fantastic. From what I heard, um, that show was like, just it was setting up for the next Captain America movie, which is interesting. You had your first meet at a Renaissance festival a few years ago. Very cool. Yeah, this is actually really, really nice. This is really, really nice. Um, just noting, notice the hidden blocks. <laughs> yes, little question blocks. My uh, my pokeballs. Yeah, I, I decided I was just I was not gonna piss around with the green screen today. <laughs> I didn't number one, I didn't know how the green screen would react to the to the the mead can. So I didn't want to fuck up the the beautiful job. Like look at the look at the design of this can. Like this is really, really nice. Like you got like the B on the front. I know you guys can't really see it super super detailed, but it's really nice. Like all around wraparound design. They got the blueberries there. Very good job. Very good job on that. <laughs> Um, also, just before we get into the main topic, I did manage to watch Mortal Kombat, and I won't spoil it for anybody. I won't spoil it for anybody. Um, as someone who is a big Mortal Kombat fan myself, I thought it was just okay. I thought it was, I thought it was very, 
Um, it was very all over the place. It felt like they were trying to do too much. It probably would have been better as like a four hour movie instead of a, an hour and 40 minutes. I say hour and 40 minutes cause they tack in the super duper long credits that are like 15 minutes long and they include that in the runtime, which I think is dumb. Um, but the actual runtime of the movie is about an hour 30. Um, which I think is that behind. I think, uh, it probably would have done better as like a two part if they just slowed it down and included it. Oh my God. We're boomering this. There we go. I don't know why. Oh no, never mind. I do know why. All right. Everything's where it should be. All right, cool. It's pretty preachy. Millions will hate me for wearing this flag. Oh my God. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the original movies were short too. So here's the thing. The uh, the Mortal Kombat movie, the original Mortal Kombat movie was short, to the point, direct, boom, wasn't trying to explain a million things. Like it, it was there. It was it was it hit its spots. This Mortal Kombat movie, it tried to like it tried to like flesh out this massive backstory for this brand new character, which was half the movie, by the way. And then, like, pepper in a whole bunch of Mortal Kombat stuff really fucking quickly. Which, I mean, it's it, it didn't work, in my opinion. It, it, was, it was just okay. Hello there, Amanda T. How are you doing? How are you doing? And the original CGI was better than the, than, uh, the one in this movie, in my opinion. The, uh, this movie was better than the second CGI, like the second... Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Easter eggs and references to the first and second movies. That's all I'm gonna say. There's a lot of like callbacks to that. There's also a really hilarious scene um, that that riffs on the games, which I won't spoil. Yeah, in my opinion, the original's better. Um, they do actually make reference to Robin Shu, uh, Robin Shu's um, uh, Liu Kang, which was really really nice. Um, I re I thought that was really classy of them to try and and um, give give a nod to his portrayal of uh, of Liu Kang. So, was the new version of the theme good? Not really. the The new version of the theme was pretty much only played during the credits. Unfortunately, like the fighting scenes, in my opinion, were way fucking better in the first one. Um, the fight scenes were. There was too many cuts. There was way too many cuts. You didn't get like one full action scene. Everything was cut, 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 cut. Lots of CGI. Um, it just like it felt very awkward to watch. Whereas the first movie was very, very well done. But my problem here, my problem here is not comparing it with the first movie. All right. My problem here is not comparing it with the first movie. There has been two other cuts of Mortal Kombat to come out in the past like five to ten years. Um, one was Mortal Kombat Rebirth, which this director actually worked with another director to make. So I'm really surprised that, you know, I, I'm not surprised of the ultra-realism in this movie because the, the ultra-realism was with Mortal Kombat Rebirth. Um, but Mortal Kombat Legacy, when that came out, holy fuck. Was that an incredible, so the opening, and this is, this is not really a spoiler. The opening of Mortal Kombat 2021 
was the story about uh, the story between why Sub Zero and Scorpion are feuding, right? Right? It's the it's the age old tale about you know the the Lin Kuei feuding versus the the Shira Ryu. Um, and so that was okay. However, if you want to watch, if you want to watch a fucking amazing version of that storytelling, watch Mortal Kombat Legacy. Watch the Scorpion. The Scorpion tale in Mortal Kombat Legacy will blow you the fuck away because that, like, the version in the movie that we get is like a fucking watered-down version of Mortal Kombat Legacies. Mortal Kombat Legacy was fucking amazing. Like, beyond fucking 10 out of 10. It was like fucking 20 out of 10. The movie version, eh, it was okay. Um, there's little things in the, there's little things in there like the the water buckets um, were the same water buckets that Liu Kang used to defeat Sub Zero in the original movie. Little things like that, throwbacks and Easter eggs, which were really cool uh, for people who are paying attention. And it's kind of like an op- it's kind of like a juxtaposition, so the water of life type of thing, blah blah blah. That's all I'm going to talk about with that. But get over here. That was that was good. So they definitely made Sub-Zero more badass in the 2021 version than he was in the original. Um, definitely made him much more badass. Yeah, Shira Ryu in the Ling Kuei story of the family. Um, so the original story, the canon story for Mortal Kombat um, for the Sub-Zero versus Scorpion and why they're feuding, the original story... And I'll say this because it really has nothing to do with the movie. Um, it it was it appeared that Sub Zero led the Lin Kuei to go and assassinate um, Scorpion's village and kill off his clan and murder his family in front of him and then kill him. That's what it appeared to be, but it turned out that it was actually Quan Chi that had taken Sub Zero that had disguised himself as Sub Zero and got the Lin Kuei to do this. And so it tricked Scorpion into serving Shao Kahn because Shao Kahn, and I think it was, I think it was Fujin, um, or not, not Fujin, Chinook. I think it was Shao Kahn and Chinook that, that, um, made a deal with Scorpion that he could come back to the, he can come back to get his vengeance against Sub-Zero. It might've even been Quan Chi. It was one of the three, um, basically made a made a pact with with Scorpion to bring him back so he could get vengeance against Sub-Zero. And so, and when when Scorpion killed Sub-Zero to get his vengeance and, and quash his vengeance, then he found out later on that Sub-Zero wasn't actually the person that killed his family, it was Quan Chi. Um sub because Sub-Zero didn't actually kill anybody of his family, he was so overcome with rage and contempt for for um Scorpion that he became Noob Saibot. That's the conception of Noob Saibot, was because he was so engulfed with rage because Scorpion just killed him, which they were they were childhood friends, such betrayal and all that stuff that he became um he became that himself. So that's out the window now, by the way. That's gone. That's out the window. Different storytelling now. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything about the new movie for people, but they've th- they've thrown out the entirety of 
like 25 years of, of Mortal Kombat um, lore and story building and world building. <laughs> Scorpion riffed off uh, sack anime sack. Ooh, that would be that'd be rough. Tale as old as time can be bar- it can barely even be friends than somebody bends unexpectedly just a little small change. Is that a song? Either one prepared Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, it, it, like the thing is, is like in the movie, you see the interactions between them, and it's like okay, that's interesting, and they they, refer, they reference to each other by by name because they know each other by name. The one thing I will say that's really cool about the movie is that they they really play on the fact that Scorpion's clan is Japanese and Sub Zero's is Chinese. So like, Sub Zero speaks in Mandarin, and and Scorpion can't understand him. So like like Sub Zero has a monologue in in uh, Mandarin, and Scorpion has no idea what he's saying, but he's basically like riffing on riffing on Scorpion. Um, whereas Sub Zero speaks both Japanese and Mandarin, so he understands what Scorpion is like. He understands what uh, Hanzo is saying. So Hanzo, Hasashi, and uh, Bihan are the two Scorpion and Sub Zero, and they were friends at one point but then you know they have to be enemies because they're part of different clans part of different worlds blah 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 blah. so really interesting so though that's one thing i did like about the movie is that they actually did hammer home because uh, it's, that's not really something that's touched on a whole lot that the shirayu are japanese and the lin kuei are chinese those are two separate they don't they just war with each other but they're not the same uh, they're not the same culture that's really interesting Little things like that. Your soul is mine. Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of the design of a lot of the characters. They can't get Bihan's brother to be a descendant. No, so that's what happens. So after after Bihan gets killed, um, Bihan's little brother takes over the mantle of Sub Zero, and then uh, he's the one. So he's the one that actually is uh, seeking. He's he's the one that's seeking out Scorpion because he wants to avenge his brother's death because he was the one that found out that Quan Chi was the one that basically caused him to, to die. That was what, that was what sub zero, um, the fuck was that shitty game? Sub zero mythologies was all about that absolutely atrocious fucking game. Sub zero mythologies. I'm pretty sure was the younger brother of Bihan um, doing a whole bunch of shit for, for Quan Chi and then finding out that Quan Chi actually betrayed them all. And he was doing it to destroy the Lin Kuei and manipulate the Lin Kuei. They had Sub-Zero's brother in Mortal Kombat 2, yes, because the original Sub-Zero died. He was killed canonically by, by Scorpion um, and then his younger brother took over. So that's the way that that went. And then then Scorpion returned realized that he he still wasn't resting in peace because he didn't kill the proper person and he found out that Quan Chi was actually the person that killed his family. Good times, good times. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a great fucking story. Too bad they didn't bother using it at all, you know. Too fucking bad that they just went off in a completely different direction with one of the most iconic characters and the uh, you know, canonical champion of Earthrealm. Um, uh, Scorpion, but hey, it's been a while since you watched the movies. Yeah. So the, the newest movie, it kind of, it, it's, it's kind of a fucking, 
giant mess because they're trying to, to throw together a whole bunch of different things. Like they didn't they didn't explain what is going on in Outworld. They didn't explain why these people are evil. They didn't explain why certain people decided to join. They didn't explain anything. They're just like, all right, well, it's just this, these guys bad because they look like they they look like they came out of uh, uh, the Justice League. You know, like they 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 literally look the, the same costume design as like Darkseid and all that shit and Steppenwolf. Like they just they looked like they literally just ripped the costumes off of that fucking movie and slapped them on the bad guys. Which was dumb. It was really, really dumb. But <laughs> Linkway super Chinese. Super. Super. They hand wave the yeah, they hand wave Outworld, they do. Like they don't give history on anything. Like they don't give you an idea of like why you need to be mad about these people. Like the original the original movie did more in like fucking an hour and like an hour and twenty minutes or whatever it was. Than this movie did in fucking 140, so it's yeah. You did like the animated Mortal Kombat. I didn't see that one yet. I have to check that one out. I'll have to check that one out for sure. But what you what you need in the Vandal Savage trilogy is an underrated DC villain. All right, we'll take your word on that one. I will take your word on that one. All right, so what are we at now? 23 minutes, just about a half an hour. Any thoughts on the animated film? I haven't seen that one yet. I gotta check it out. I have to I have to watch that one. I didn't know that it, exist, it existed. Uh, but if y'all haven't checked it out already, I highly, highly, highly recommend Mortal Kombat Legacy and Mortal Kombat Legacy 2. Um, they're about... I think they're about six hours each. Cheap, uh, cheap buy and Blu-ray. Yeah, for... for both, uh, I guess, the animated and that one are both cheap on Blu-ray right now. But you can also watch it for free online. Um, literally, it's on YouTube. Um, you don't even need to buy it. I bought it because I want to support them because they're really, really cool. Um, but it, it blows... It. Uh, this is the problem, right? I watched Mortal Kombat Legacy, and I'm like, if they, if they come out with another movie, I'm like, they have to make this. Because if they don't make this, anything else is just going to look like a fucking limp noodle. It's going to look so bad. And that was the problem with this movie. It would have, it was an okay movie. It was entertaining, but Jesus Christ, like when you have in, in Mortal Kombat legacy, you have like Jerry Ryan playing Sonya blade. You have Michael J white playing Jax, like ridiculously. Like you have the original Shang Tsung playing Shang Tsung in the new, in the, in the season two of Mortal Kombat legacy. Like, it is so fucking good. It is so fucking good. Like, you you have to go and watch it. After this show, of course. After this show. Don't don't watch it right now. Watch it after the show. <laughs> we still got more to talk about. We still have a bit more to talk about. How are we doing right now? How are we doing? What are we sitting at? Got to, we got quite a few people in here. More than normal. So we'll, we'll jump into the topic. We'll jump into the topic for today. I'm going to check my messages here. I'm going to check my messages here because um, I want to see if uh, Sack Anime has taken me up on my offer. Because I've offered to them, DM me, I'll send you the link to the uh, to the studio, and uh, we can have a chat. But they have not taken me up on my offer. They have not taken me up on my offer, unfortunately. So we'll see. We'll see if they decide to show up. 
I mean, I didn't want to start. I, I wanted to. I would love to talk to them directly about this and tell them straight to their face. Uh, but it seems like they have no interest in in actually discussing it. So, sack anime, sack anime, anime Roseville. I don't think they're going to take me up on my offer either. I mean, why would they? Why would they actually grow a sack? Sackless anime, as somebody put it. <laughs> Sackless anime. That was a good one. <laughs> I really liked that one. That was funny. Yeah, if they're in, if if y'all are in the chat watching um, Sack Anime, you probably should jump in here because I'm gonna say some stuff that is gonna be very unflattering about your convention. Um, and I'm gonna say it with uh, with good regard. And uh, based on everything that, uh, based on the evidence that is out here, based on the uh, the everything that we know, um, based on the, based on the stuff that's been made public by yourselves, um, I'm gonna say some very uh, very mean tweet things about you. So it'd be it'd be in your best interest to get in here and, and talk about it yourself, unless you just want me to. Unless you just want me to go off, and I, I mean I'll just do that. But here's the thing: so people out there who don't know, um, which is probably the listening audience, probably not the folks that are in here right now in chat, because you're probably in here because you know about this. But the listening audience, um, so f for people who don't know about this, so Sack Anime back uh, back about a month ago in April early April, about a, about a month ago or so, or whatever, they were, they made the news because they opened a, they were announcing that they were going to have a convention at a, uh, a COVID vaccine clinic in California. They were going to shut down a COVID vaccine clinic for two days so that they could have a swap meet, one quote, to get around the California laws of not having a convention. Um, now, this was perfectly okay in the voice acting community because they were going to have Chris Sabat. They were going to have a couple of... Uh, a couple of Funimation voice actors and Chris Sabat. So it was perfectly okay for them to do that, um, even though, you know, the, the locals were pissed off, uh, the entire United States was pissed off, um, or the, the entire left side of the United States, I would say, were mad that they were going to close down a COVID vaccine clinic for uh, a convention. Why bother inviting someone to announce? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Um, so that was perfectly okay. At the convention... At the convention itself, they were handing out flyers that were advertising the next convention, which was coming up soon, in June, I believe. They were advertising their next convention, and they were advertising Vic Mignogna on their convention flyers. Okay. I mean, that ballsy... Because, you know, they, they were advertising Vic Mignogna being a guest at a convention where Chris Sabat was going was at right now. They were handing out flyers with Vic Mignogna's face directly in front of sackless Chris Sabat. Um, I mean, take that for what you will. But, uh, yeah, so nothing was said then. Nothing at all was mentioned at that point, I guess. It was perfectly okay to announce that you were having Vic at that point. No problem. About a couple weeks ago, because, uh, you know, they ignored they ignored an entire country coming down on their fucking head. They they stood tall and said, you know what? No, we are we are having this convention because we have already we've already booked it. And the they weren't going to have a covid clinic there anyway. So go fuck yourself, country. Go fuck yourself, everybody. Go fuck yourself. Woke America. We're going to have this convention. OK, no problem. 
Um, so fast forward a few weeks later, they announced Vic Mignogna as their first guest. Um, I guess they're really they're really proud, right, to have Vic. So they announced Vic Mignogna first as their guest of honor, or whatever, um, as their first guest announcement for their June convention. Um, then the then the annual hate crew comes out, obviously the perennial hate crew. Uh, come out and they start bombarding the announcement. Oh my god, I can't believe that you would close a you would close a COVID clinic to have Vic Mignogna. The same people that went to the last convention, by the way, where they closed a, where they closed a COVID clinic to have Chris Sabat. Um, all of a sudden, not allowed to have Vic Mignogna because not allowed to have a convention because of Vic Mignogna, but totally okay before. Oh yeah, the uh, the business <laughs> the business card holders. So side note, Action Toys is making business card holders that are casting couches. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, blue haired uh, the blue haired hate crowd coming out to cancel Vic definitely not allowed to have a convention because they ha- because they're having someone they don't like. If it's someone they do like, perfect, perfectly fine to cancel. Uh, perfectly fine to cancel a COVID clinic. Perfectly fine to. Um, have a whole bunch of uh, mental gymnastics to to say why it's okay to cancel a convention to to cancel a COVID clinic to have a convention. Um, Vic Mignogna though, no, nope, not allowed, not allowed at all. So, yeah, hypocrisy is thy name. Um, so they uh, so they decide, you know, th- this crowd decides to bombard the announcement for Vic Mignogna. because you know that's they have nothing better to do. Obviously, it's COVID and they don't have jobs. I mean, if they had jobs, they would be collecting unemployment, but of course they don't, um, because they just they just apparently live off of uh, of 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 uh, sunlight and dirt. That's what they that's what they survive on. So, they decide to bombard this announcement yet again, and uh, shortly after they announce it, they pull the announcement down. Hey, Naren. They pull the announcement. So the convention, Sackless Anime, pulls the con- uh, pulls the announcement down. And which leads to some confusion, but it might, I mean, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I'll say that I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I said, I figured they haven't announced anybody else. Maybe someone jumped the gun and made the announcement too early. What have you? Okay. Maybe it was a rogue person trying to get a, a negative response or trying to get some sort of thing. What have you? Okay. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Then it comes out via DMs um somebody on uh, there's an individual on Twitter that had messaged them asking them um asking the convention whether or not they were having Vic Mignogna at the convention and Sackless Anime responds that they've been forced quote unquote to remove Vic as a guest from the convention now, curious, curious words forced to they 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 state in their in their response they really really want to have Vic there, but they're just not allowed to. Let's let's pause that. Let's put that in the memory bank for a minute. Um, so they said that they've worked for they've worked with Vic for the past twenty plus years. 
Okay. They've worked with him for the past 20 plus years and they've had a great working relationship with him. So they know he's a good guest, but they're not allowed to have him there. They don't want to jeopardize what they've been building since the 80s. These are their words, by the way. These are their words. They don't want to jeopardize what they've been building from the 80s. What the fuck does that even mean? First of all. Let's dive into this for a second here. Okay. Sack anime has been has been around since 1986 from all I can all I can find. They started out small whatever else. Um rewind the clock here a little bit. The last time I talked about Sack anime I pointed out that they've been inviting a bunch of Funimation people, right? They had Chris Sabat. Didn't they have Marky? Hmm. They had Chris Sabat. They had Marky, right? Remember what I said back a long time ago about Anime North? Remember what I said about Anime North being, quote-unquote, sponsored by Funimation. Right. So, here's the thing. I don't have proof of this, unfortunately, because, you know, I'm on the outside, and, of course, they're never going to admit to anything. Isn't it pretty fucking weird, pretty fucking coincidental, that any time you have a top-billing... Funimation voice actor. You also have a million fucking nobodies from Funimation that get forced in there, right? So, when you have a Chris Sabat, you don't just get to invite a Chris Sabat to your convention, right? Because you get a Chris Sabat at, at like, I don't know, 5,000, 8,000, 15,000, who knows how much you pay for him? Who knows? Who knows how much he's charging? Ten cents? I don't know. I'd never invite him to my convention. After all the stories I've heard about him, absolutely not. Would not invite him to my my convention. But I digress. So you have Chris Sabat coming in for whatever his rate is. And then miraculously, six months later, you have the entire fucking cast of, of My Hero Academia and two people who aren't with Funimation. So your entire guest list, six months after you have Chris Sabat, is two non-funny voice actors and 500 Funimation voice actors. wonder why that is. Do you think anybody out there right now is banging down the doors to get autographs from 95% of the people from My Hero Academia? I don't think so. I don't think so. I could be reading the room wrong. <coughs> I don't think I am, though. I don't think I am, though. Because it's an anime convention, not a My Hero convention, right? And I understand a few of them do different voices for other con- for, for other animes, but 
they're marketing it as a My Hero Academia convention now, the one in September. And the reason, the reason for removing Vic from the June show, not the September show, by the way, the June show, was that they were facing boycotts from actors, agents, and managers. Let me let me get this straight. Let me get this straight, Sack Enemy. If I'm if I'm getting this correctly, if I'm understanding English proficiently here, you are facing boycotts from people that you have legally binding contracts with. Hmm. Okay. So in that contract, unless it states you have the right to cancel your appearance if we invite someone you don't like, which is not spoiler alert. It's not going to be in any fucking contract in any fucking business ever. That's why they're contracts, by the way. Their calm was never in any danger. They they've emboldened the mob to support them either way. They're cowards, nothing more. So here's the thing. This is what I'm getting at here. So there's some big bad behind the curtain, right? That is, is threatening them. If they have Vic, oh no. So let, let me ask this. Sack anime. Was it Funimation? Did Funimation tell you or managers from Funimation tell you or somebody that's really high up in Funimation supposedly tell you that if you have Vic at your convention, they're going to talk to people and those people are going to pull their sponsorship, quote unquote, that you're never going to get a guest from Funimation again. Big fucking loss. By the way. Let me let me pull something out that uh, Clownfish TV had said in a video yesterday. Clownfish TV, by the way, shout out to you. You fucking nailed it. We're in the middle of a pandemic, right? We're still in a pandemic. And... Right now, if you're running a convention and you're in one of the few places that allows you to run a convention, you hold the fucking keys to the conversation. You hold the keys to the... You're, you have the fucking high ground. It's what it is. You hold all of the bargaining power as a convention owner. Because I can tell you right now, these voice actors make fucking nothing doing voices barely minimum wage unless you're a top end fucking voice actor where you own your own recording studio and you're getting paid for something other than voice acting 
But here's the thing. You hold the keys because you're the place they go to. Not, not only for free, they get paid to go to your place. So number one, they get money for showing up. A lot of money for showing up for just a few hours. And then they get to milk their fans for even more. And all they do is just sit there, wave, fake a smile for a picture, and then next, maybe sign an autograph or two. So they're coming to your show strictly to make profit because they would be doing nothing except jacking off into a sock that weekend. So you have the upper hand when it comes to negotiating with these companies. I would love, I would love to be in a situation like you to have a convention, to have people who are starved coming to me and say, I will literally take, I will literally take my travel fees as an appearance fee. It would be amazing to be in a position like that for a convention. And here you are afraid that you're going to, you're going to lose Funimation. <laughs> and you've been running since 86. What the fuck is wrong with you? If you've been in operation since 1986 and you're clinging on to Funimation like it's your last fucking hope, you've been in business. You've been in business for almost 40 fucking years and you still haven't figured out how to run your fucking business. You still haven't figured out that you're the fucking, that you have the upper hand. Just shut it down. Jesus Christ. Just shut it down. Turn it off. Stop wasting everyone's time. Jesus Christ. 40 years. 40 years. And you literally put your fucking balls in a vice voluntarily and turn the crank for them. You're pathetic. Pathetic. You're worried about a company that had to buy, that had to sell itself to Sony to survive. You're worried about a company that can't even, that can't even pay its employees minimum wage. <laughs> You're worried about a company that literally can't manage itself out of a paper bag. But no, 
we have we have to bend the knee. Do you know how many other dubbing studios there are around the fucking world? Just because just because Funimation does the main line for the um, for, <laughs> I don't even know why for the U.S. There are tons of voice actors that are not under the thumb of Funimation that are a thousand times more fucking talented than people at Funimation. And I'm not just talking about Vic. There are people that will cost you less because you don't have to buy. You don't have to buy 50 voice actors. <laughs> you know, you think that you think that you have to pay. You think you have to pay. I'm just ballparking this, right? Let's say Chris Sabat's appearance fee is $10,000, right? And you get a $2,000 discount because you bring on $15,000 worth of useless fucking voice actors from Funimation. If you're willing to throw money away, I'll fucking take some. Because if someone came up to me as a convention runner and said, if you invite Vic Mignogna, I'm not going to go. Great. You're not getting paid. You're saving me money. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, you cost me $200 in advertising? Mm. Well, I just saved uh, 1500 Not only did I save $1,500, i am going to be getting in however much I get for Vic coming to my show. Or some other worthwhile voice actor or talent. And all that empty space now that I don't have to give to your empty fucking lineups? That I don't have to give to your fucking sitting there on your phone all day with your face down? Because no one fucking wants to see you? I can take that space and I can give it to 15 other vendors. Who are willing to line up and throw money down on the fucking table because they want to sell cool shit. You've been running your business for 40 plus fucking years and you haven't figured that out yet? Turn it in. Go work at McDonald's and get told what to do. Because that's all you're fucking good for. Jesus fucking Christ. Sackless stimulant payment. Oh, there you go. I mean, that's what they're giving out. They're basically giving out stimulus payments. Exactly. Like you could do, you could do what con Bravo did for years. For years. Invite YouTubers. Invite people that actually have a fucking fan base to interact with. <laughs> Get one or two big names like you did. You got Ariel and you got Gestalt. Whatever his name is, however the, however the hell you pronounce him, the guy from The Witcher. It's all you need. Why the fuck do you need 
800 people from Funimation. (laughs) You don't. You don't need them. That's the point. You didn't need them, but you needed to hire them on because you got Sabbath in your first fucking convention. You didn't need to tack on 800 people to that, but you did because you have contractual obligations, right? Geralt, Gestalt, Gerald, I don't know what the hell his name is. Yeah, Tom, you're more popular than most Funimation voice actors right now. Nux, Taku, cost buck all and bring so much people to con. Exactly. There's so many people that would. Geralt, I don't know how to... The guy from The Witcher. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name. Gestalt is something that's more than some of its parts. Geralt. I don't... Whatever. I don't play the game. I don't watch the show. Geralt. Geralt. Jerry. Jerry. Newman. <laughs> Stop with the damn words that are hard to pronounce. Drinking mead, goddammit. Must be because... Hello, LaQuendra Wells. How are you doing? Must be because of the impersonation of Junior you did a few weeks ago on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah! Like, you could bring in anybody at all. Who is not making money right now. Who wants to go and see their fans. Use your fucking imagination. Use your imagination. Now we have to invite. We have to invite. Fucking no name. No name card master number three. From some fucking anime dub we've never watched. All because all because you got Chris Sabaton, right? They're a package deal, ain't they? Like I've been calling out. I've been calling out for a while. They're a package fucking deal. You can't get Chris Sabat without taking on the fucking dregs. <laughs> you have to take it all. It's how they get the money. Right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert about this, but I'm pretty sure that Funimation has a minimum appearance requirement. Or else Funimation has to pay for people. Just a speculation, however, I think I'm on point with this one. I think I think a literal garbage can would be a better fucking guest at at Sack Anime than than anybody from Funimation. You could call Oscar the Grouch's home and that would be a better fucking guest. Like I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. Funimation likely has a clause in there that has minimum required appearances throughout the year for their voice actors, right? Because why else would people work at Funimation? 
would make no sense. Why would why would I willingly go and work at Funimation to get paid pennies to voice act if there wasn't some caveat of being at Funimation, right? It's minimum like you get a minimum of like three or four guest appearances at a convention a year, and you have to go there. <laughs> Fixing your food and hurt across the house. Let the arcade like rage flow. Do it. Good evening, Duke Togo. Like. Robo Ken Jennings Potato would be a better guest. You know, things that people actually want to see would be a better guest. Not not the fucking crew that, you know, I guess they'll go get their I'll guess they'll go get their uh, their uh, autograph because Vic's lineup's too big. Sorry to say. You know, you go to a convention you want to get an autograph from somebody. Goddamn, Vic's lineup is around the fucking block. Oh, I guess that... I guess that chick from My Hero Academia, she doesn't have a line. I guess I'll go get her... her, her uh, I guess I'll go get hers, her autograph. Five hours a week, minimum wage, you'd want damn good clause in my contract to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're not making money voice acting. They make money on the peripherals. They don't get, they don't get residuals, right? They get money from going to the conventions because that's where they make their money. They make their money by their brand. That's why Monica, that's why Jamie, that's why Sabbath are trying to offer voice acting lessons. Not like they know how to, not like they know how to fucking do it, but. Teaching someone how to do something requires you to have a degree of knowledge greater than what your skill is. What it is. Look at the most talented fucking people on the planet. Some of them would never be able to coach, but you look at the people, look at the people who failed at their craft and they're some of the best fucking teachers. Because it's not about just being naturally good at something. Or in this case, being manufactured to be good at something. You know, having people, having everyone around, having everyone around you tell everyone else that you're good at this when you're not. Being forced into living rooms. That's, that doesn't mean you're good. Getting paid with merch? Jesus Christ. You think that Billy West would be a better guest for Sack Anime? I think that a wet fucking diaper on the side of the road would be a better guest at Sack Anime than any of the fucking Funimation voice actors. I think my left fucking tit would be a better guest at Sack Anime than a Funimation voice actor. It is literally fucking ridiculous. 
this is what I'm saying. Like I've, there are people out there that they may not be the, the absolute best at what they do. They may have only had one or two characters or they may have only had a couple opportunities, but their level of knowledge is at a fucking degree higher than anybody and being able to talk to people and let people know and like get down to a level where it's where you can break it down for people. Like just being, just being talented at something doesn't mean that you know how to do it or that you know how to explain to someone else how to do it. It just means that you're talented at it. Well, Monica and Sabat do the same voice for every fucking character. That's what I'm saying. There's plenty of actors and there's plenty of talented people out there that people want to see. That people want to talk to. That you just don't even think about until you fucking invite them. Because that's, honestly, that's what brings people in the door. Not necessarily the big names. But the, holy shit, I have an opportunity to meet that person. That's really cool. They might not be the biggest fucking name. You know, like a Nick Ricada, right? Like, imagine if you had Bill Nye as, as a guest. Right? Not a huge name. Like, I mean, he's a huge name for some people, but he's not like a, a fucking massive name. I mean, you get Project Melody. You get the people behind Project Melody. Use your fucking imagination. Laziness. Complacency. Well, they do it with uh, Miku or whatever her name is. They do it with that virtual singer live all the time. When you're talking about anyone at fucking all, just you look at literally anything at all. Con Bravo made a fucking convention around it. They took YouTubers. They had like JonTron. They had Channel Awesome. That was their heyday. I know Channel Awesome is not really a huge thing, but. That's, that's my point, though. It's like you could, you could literally get people for pennies. Like Kitchener Comic Con, we had PJ Phil from YTV. We had, we had the host from Uh Oh. <laughs> they aren't the biggest names, but when they were there, people recognized them. They're like, holy shit, that's really cool. They're really interesting people. But like, it's also because the biggest names. Yeah, no one would go to see Mars Girl. Exactly. No, I'm saying. I'm saying in the heyday of Con Bravo, Channel Awesome was what's at its peak, right? I'm not saying now. <laughs> not now. Maybe people would go see Mars Girl if they could throw tomatoes at her. See how far she could uh, see how far she could catch them from. 
But my, like, the whole point of this here is that there are other guests that exist outside of Funimation. There are other dub actors that exist outside of Funimation. Yeah, people would show up to see the local weather forecaster. Fucking seriously. Use your fucking imagination. It's California for Christ's sake. It's California. Are you telling me that they don't have like literal fucking celebrities like on the street begging for opportunities to come on? Fucking come now, please. Jesus Christ. I'm going to check my DMs one more time. I don't think they're actually going to answer me. Fucking cowards that they are. Nope, nothing. That's fine. That's fine. I, I get get some pro wrestlers. Hundred percent. Those are always a great draw. And they're great with the fans. This is the point that I'm trying to get to here. Fuck's sake. Forty years in the industry. Forty years. 40 years, 1986. They are five years away. 40 years in the industry. And they still haven't figured out what fucking matters. Haven't figured it out. They're still in the mindset of the San Diego Comic-Cons of the New York City Comic-Cons of the fucking E3s get it through your fucking skulls people you are not a destination you are not a place that they want to go to you have to pay a premium for them to go to you Do you think that William Shatner wants to go to a fucking Roseville convention? Probably not. But if he gets paid $20,000, oh, fuck you will. Absolutely. Do you think that he's going to charge $20,000 to go to San Diego Comic-Con, though? Got to think about that. So would you rather spend triple your con budget on someone who doesn't want to be there like a Chris Sabat? Or would you rather spend your con budget on people that are going to be there and make it enjoyable for your fans, enjoyable for your staff? Enjoyable for your community. Hmm? 40 years and you haven't figured that out. I figured that out in 10 minutes. 
I figured that out before I became a convention organizer. 40 years and you still ain't there. Pack it in. Pack it the fuck in. Do I think that I would try to either get Jim Cummings, Billy West for my event? If they wanted to come, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they would want to come to Kitchener or how much of a demand that they would have to be here. I mean, I, I, I have plenty of people that I would love to come here. The, the, the question is, do they want to be here? That's the question. Shatner uh, narrated a shitty animated movie last year. Yeah, and I bet he, I bet he got paid a lot of fucking money for that. I bet he got paid a lot of fucking money for that. Remember event in twenty twenty two? Here's okay, guys. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be straight up, hundred percent honest here. I would love to run a convention. I would love to start up a convention. Hell, if I could put one on tomorrow, I would. Problem is for me. Problem is for me right now. Um, number one, the pandemic. We can't do fucking anything in Ontario right now. Can't do fuck all. Number two, is money. What it is. Um, it's going to take me a long time. It, it would take me probably a few years to find all the bursaries and, uh, sp and little sponsorships and whatever else so that I could get start up so I could make a convention and then it would take another year planning. Um, it would take a little bit, it would take a little bit of time, um, to do all that. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that we don't care uh, that we don't need to be in this pandemic shit for another year and that we can get back to normal in 2022. Um, but I'm definitely, I am definitely planning a convention. I am working on it. I just don't know when I'll be able to get there because money is a huge factor. I would be looking at, um, I would be looking at probably about $20,000 as a startup for that. Just probably bare minimum um, for a uh, for a venue for the uh, what the fuck are they called? If I wanted to get my own tables and shit because I would have to rent tables but it's better to have your own tables year over year. And um, basically the infrastructure for the convention, um, advertising and stuff, really not that bad to do. Because like, because advertising is all mostly digital. If you know where to advertise, that's nine tenths of where it is. And uh, and yeah, guests. That would be the that would be the large chunk of that twenty thousand dollars would be guests. Did I just cancel your comment? No. I don't think so. I didn't cancel anything.
Shatner's uh, 90 doesn't give a single fuck about the, and he's the ultimate person for truth bombs. Oh yeah, no, I allowed it. I allow mostly everything, so. I need a, if I need work hands, let me know. Absolutely. I mean, that'll be another thing. I need volunteers. I'll need people to be on staff, people to work with me, etc. Do a Christmas calendar. For guests. Do a GoFundMe. I wouldn't do GoFundMe. GoFundMe, like, the, the problem is with GoFundMe is that it takes a percentage of what you donate. And I don't like that. I don't want someone to donate, like, $200 and then GoFundMe takes 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 40 bucks. I don't want that. I want all the money that the people give to go towards what they want it to go towards. I just, uh, and I want someone, I want people to get something out of it. So kind of like a, kind of like a, like an Indiegogo type of thing, because at least Indiegogo, you can set up reward tiers. So like if people, if a person donates X amount, they would get X. Go find me for specific guests. Well, the thing is, too, is like I can't guarantee because I, I need to reach out to individuals and see what their costs are, and I would need to incorporate all of that. So 20000 is a generous um, startup. I mean, it's I could do it very easily. I could make something that would probably be a little bit smaller than Kitchener Comic Con for 20000 Um, Absolutely would love to have Jason David Frank. You know, he would be huge. And he's he's uh, been in the area before. Like, he's a really nice guy, and I would love to have the mighty. I would love to have Power Rangers at the show. Absolutely. Problem is, is like some of the Power Rangers that we've had. They're they they come from the very obscure shows. Like we've had the opportunity to have Power Rangers at Kitchener Comic Con, and the problem was was that they came from like the thirteenth generation Power Ranger show, and they were people that no one's ever heard of before. So. You volunteer action toys? Thank you. Tried to meet him twice. Canceled both times. Rip. I mean, the thing is, is like, guests are a hassle no matter what, right? Guests are... Guests are a hassle if, especially when you're in a convention, this is why I always say it's better to go quality over quantity, right? So if you have, if you have a Vic Mignogna, if you have a Jason David Frank, if you have a William Shatner, if you have a Patrick Stewart, if you have like all these people at the same convention, right? Then you have to cater to everyone at the same time, but you can't do it. You, you can only be in, in one place at one given time. Hello, Stan. How are you doing? How are you doing, Stan? Stan knows. You can have like 15 top-of-the-line guests and then something's going to fall off the table because you're giving, you're giving the responsibility of dealing with one or two guests to someone who probably doesn't have your same expertise. So they're going to they're gonna seem like they're a hassle because they're not getting stuff that they were promised because... Everyone takes a slice of time. So it's much better to have like two or three guests that are top lines that you can dedicate your time to, you can dedicate your attention to, and then get everything done. Like I, from my, from my understanding, I don't think that Vic or Nick had any issues at Kitchener Comic-Con whatsoever. And they weren't a hassle for us at all. They weren't. I think they had a good time. I mean, I don't know. 
I'm just I'm just going by it. But we were able to do that because we didn't have 20 other guests to fucking cater to, right? Because every guest that you have is important to you. And you have to you have to keep your commitments to all of them, not just one of them or two of them. Oh my god, you got the whale and the remote on that fucking couch? That's so funny. Free anime merch, positive and festive work. <laughs> oh my god, what an embarrassment. Hello, naughty one. You need to have good staff to support the number of guests the show decides to have. 100%. And not just like anybody. You need to have people that know what they're fucking doing. You need to have people who know what they're doing to support a large guest roster. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about cosplay guests because cosplay guests you you pretty much have like show up do your thing go home with them. I'm talking about when you have people scheduled for panels, when you have people scheduled to be over at certain things at a certain time, you need to have that. You need if they're selling merchandise or if they're whatever else if they if they have to have lines managed. All of these things need to happen and it might seem like it's an easy thing on paper, but when it comes down to it, you need to have the focus and you need to have a dedicated person. Because if you don't, things fall apart. Well, then the guest becomes unruly, right? They're so hard to deal with. They're not really. <laughs> They're really not. Because if they have an itinerary where they have to be at a specific place at a specific time and they're with, and they're enjoying time with their fans, it's up to the convention to keep track of that, right? Make sure that they're there when they're supposed to be there. It's, you know, a little bit of a little bit of guest wrangling. But that's what it's supposed to be. Is they're focusing on their fans. They're focusing on the on maximizing what they can get while they're there. It's the way it's supposed to be. 40 years, 40 years and these, and this fucking sackless convention still hasn't figured out what the hell they're supposed to do. Unfucking believable. They still, they still are ignoring my, my request, my invitation to come on the show and defend themselves here. That's fine. I guess everything I'm saying is true then. I guess what I'm saying is resonating in the halls. I'm guessing that I'm, I'm hitting the nail on the head because, I mean, otherwise they'd be here trying to refute it, right? Conventions are for the fans, period. Unless you're a San Diego Comic-Con, unless you're an E3, unless, 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 Unless you're a destination spot, they're for the fans. You have to give the fans something to be there for. Would I have Johnny Young Bosch at my next event? Absolutely, if I could. Absolutely. Bunny has their balls on a vice. This is, this is my point. Stan, I was talking about this earlier. They're so fucking worried that Funimation is going to pull their little agreement that they have 
Here's the thing, Sack Anime. You don't give a fuck about contracts, do you? Do you? So why are you so fucking worried about them? Why are you so worried about agreements? Oh, that's right, because you don't keep them. God damn. Contracts are meaningless to you. I forgot. Let's talk about this for a second, right? Let's talk about this for a second. So you have a contract. Oh, if if people want to highlight this video and send them and send them highlights of this podcast, by all means. I'm not going to do it. I invited them to be here. If they're not if they don't want to show up, then hey, it's up to them, but people can do whatever they want to do. Sack anime though. You have contracts with all of your guests that say that they have to show up barring an act of God. They have to show up and do this, right? Unless you don't. Unless you don't. But hey, people keep coming back, right? So I guess you do. What, what agreement do you have with Funimation though? That is so ironclad that you literally have to break a legally binding contract. That you, that you literally have to go and break your word as a business person, which is really all you have. You have to show the entire world. You say that you, you say that you didn't want to risk. You told people you did not want to risk what you have built over 40 years. What you have built since the eighties. You don't want to risk that. Really? What's the bigger risk? I'm going to pull the audience here. What is a bigger risk? Number one. Is it a bigger risk to invite Vic Mignogna and possibly lose Funimation? Or is it a bigger risk to two, break your word, break contracts frivolously, not actually tell the truth as a business person? What is a bigger risk to your business? What is a bigger risk to your business? If you potentially lose Funimation, or if you lie about all of your business dealings, one, if you potentially lose Funimation, two, if you lie about all of your business dealings and don't value your contracts whatsoever, you don't, you don't honor your contracts. I mean, it's pretty simple to me. I would think. Seen a couple of twos. It, It blows my mind. 
Because the because the people, yeah, gosh, I don't, I have no idea. Blows my mind. These people think that Funimation is the be all end all. It's not. They're not the central bank of anime conventions. We're not talking about inviting cryptocurrency to your fucking convention. Like, we're talking about, we're talking about people. We're talking about giving the fans what they want. We showed the world at Kitchener Comic Con that people who like Vic and people that hate Vic can exist in the same building in the same room. We showed that. Because you know what? People are adults. What it comes down to. But you're showing that you can't even have Vic in the same state because Funimation is going to pull your fucking contract. You don't value contracts. Why do you fucking care? Contracts have no meaning to you. You had a verbal contract with Vic Mignogna, which is legally binding in your state. And not only that, you put it on paper by advertising him. So no matter what way you look at this, you had in stone a contract with Vic Mignogna to show up. And what did you do? Oh, we're not allowed to have Vic at the show. Why? It wasn't because of the 10,000 imaginary clowns on Twitter that don't actually physically exist. Wasn't them. It was because agents and, and voice actors and managers... Oh, they were going to boycott you? Fucking let them. You know who they're hurting? They're hurting themselves. They're hurting their fans. In the great words of Captain Kirk, let them die. You shot yourself in the foot. You fell on the blade so that you could take a fucking bullet for a company that doesn't fucking care about you. You're a throwaway to them. For lack of a better word, you're a fucking hole for them to stick something into. You're just a use for them because they have to stick Monica Rial into something or else they have to fucking pay her at the end of the year. 
because they didn't uphold their end of the bargain. They didn't uphold their contract with her. Just like they have with all of their other voice actors. They're the ones that are under the pressure. They're the ones that have to have people go to conventions. Not you. You can literally invite a fucking harmonica playing hobo off the street. They have to have them in conventions. They have to get them work. Forty years and you still haven't figured that out. You still have to figure out what fucking leg of, leg of your pants to put your fucking foot through, right? Still have to figure out what end of the toilet paper to use. Jesus Christ. Harry the Hobo harmonica playing now playing in sack anime. It'd be that'd be a big draw in my opinion. Next biggest fucking star. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Conventions like yours are the reason why conventions are going to fucking die in the next five to ten years. Because you keep cutting pieces of yourself off to fucking eat. Because you keep letting conventions, you keep letting companies like Funimation dictate to you how to run your own fucking business. You have no fucking spine. You have zero business sense. And you have zero business being in the industry. You played yourself. A lot of them have already died off because of the coof. Good. If they were smart, then they would know, take this time, and go around, get all the people that are starving for a convention appearance, pennies on the dollar, treat them like a fucking king or queen, and there you go. When conventions are back up and running again, when things are healthy again, all of a sudden you're going to have a guest list that cost you a fraction of what it would because you did something that no one else did. And that's not to say take advantage of people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying go above and beyond for these people. Because you have companies like Funimation who are taking garbage cans and forcing conventions to take them so they'll take their top stars. 
in order to get Chris Sabat on your on your convention roster, you have to take Monica Rial. You have to take Jamie Markey. It's like a punishment. In order to get one guest that's going to bring in 50 people, you have to bring in 10 guests to bring in nobody. It's a punishment. It's not a deal. You think your guest list looks amazing? It's padded with a fucking bunch of people that no one cares about? How, how about a Vic Mignogna that can bring in more than that entire guest roster combined. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I don't think that inviting 50 people that are going to bring in 700 that cost me fucking boatloads of money outweighs bringing in one person that could bring in 750 for a fraction of that. I don't know. Call me crazy. Let's talk about TI for a minute. You know, there aren't even chirping crickets at the sackless anime swap meet. They couldn't even draw fucking flies. And half half these voice actors fucking use headshots that are like thirty years old. No one no, no one knows who the fuck they are when they show up. It'd be like that uh, that what's his face? Em, uh, Emily disinterested, whatever his name is, uses a fucking headshot of him like of uh, like three hundred pounds ago. People show up to get a signature. What the fuck's the land whale sitting at the table for? Seriously. Let's talk about TI for a minute. So, before I before I jump into this topic, I'm 100% not a lawyer. This is just my layman opinion. And this is just my opinion as a convention organizer, okay? It seems like tortious interference is a toothless law and is becoming more watered down and more toothless by the day because of shit that Funimation is pulling, because of shit that other um, other agencies, I guess I'll call them, are pulling. Because let's look at this situation right here with Vic Mignogna. This is not going to be a popular opinion, by the way. I'll preface it by saying that. I don't think... I don't think that Vic could prove T.I. I don't think it's possible. Not in this situation. In this situation, I don't believe that 
it is tortious interference with a contract or a, or a prospective business. I do think that Vic has a case to go after the convention for his contract, but I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth spending fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to go and recoup five. Maybe he could get more out of them, I don't know. But this is why tortious interference is a toothless law. Because you're dealing with conventions, you're dealing with people who are not worth a fucking dollar. So what are you going to get out of them? I don't think there was any tortious interference on this because the convention because the convention voluntarily withdrew. They didn't withdraw because Vic did anything wrong. They didn't withdraw because Vic because of any information they got about Vic. They withdrew because they wanted to save their own ass. Which means they themselves are liable. They didn't say, oh, well, Vic did something, so we're canceling it because Vic did something bad. They're saying, we're canceling it because even though we know Vic, and we know Vic didn't do anything bad, we're canceling it because we want to preserve our relationship with other people. That's not tortious interference. Now you could argue the fact that other people tried to boycott. Um, that would kind of be a moot point because you, you can't, you can't prove something that didn't happen. So because they didn't boycott there's no proof. They said they could have said, oh, we're going to boycott. That's not boycotting, though. Because when push comes to shove, they have contracts that they're obligated to uphold. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, but looking at this from a convention standpoint, these are the things that I would look at. Risk versus reward. Is there a risk in me breaking my contract with X person? Yes. If I terminate the contract, I am on the hook, theoretically, for whatever I promised them. Now, if whatever I promised them was like two or $3,000, I can comfortably say as a convention, they're probably not going to sue me. Number one, because if you sue a convention, they could just fold and they could start up as a different convention. Number two, they probably don't have enough money. So there's absolutely no return. So I get away with breaking a contract. So in reality, what does that damage? What does that damage? If I'm, if I'm a business owner that is willing to lock people into contracts 
because it goes both ways. As a voice actor or as a guest, as a celebrity, what, what have you, if you have a contract with a, a show that is like a nobody show, a nothing show, it's not San Diego Comic-Con, obviously people that don't have access to, don't readily have access to lawyers, what's the punishment for breaking a contract? What? Nothing. They're not going to sue you for loss of revenue. They, they probably won't be able to because they, they don't have access to money or lawyers. The, the worst thing is, is, oh, you're probably not going to get invited there again. Oh, well, who cares if I get, if, who cares if I don't get invited to Roseville, California again? Who cares if I don't get invited to, to buttfuck Idaho again? Who cares? So when you look at it, when you look at it, what's the punishment for breaking a contract? What value is it? Well, if you're in a convention that is not one of the top five conventions in North America, pretty much nothing, pretty much nothing you can do about it. Unless you have access to lawyers um, and you have fucking endless amounts of money and you have no problem burning fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to recoup nothing. Just as a moral stand. I mean, go for it. That's why TI is such a toothless law now. Because you can manipulate it so much. Because Funimation wouldn't be con- Funimation wouldn't be considered guilty of TI unless there is actual proof of it, which is difficult to find. You'd have to prove that Funimation or an agent acting on behalf of Funimation directed somebody or them themselves had some sort of agreement, which I guarantee there's no paper agreement. I guarantee this is an under-the-table wink, wink, nod, nod. Under-the-table hand job type of thing. Guarantee it. Not so much for Anime North, though. I'm pretty sure Funimation's sponsorship of Anime North is actually written down. But, you know, that actually comes with being a business and actually running your business properly. Unlike the clowns at SAC Anime. Apparently 40 years they still have no idea how to run a business. They're never going to stop. Because there is no repercussion, Angela. There's no repercussion because they're playing in their own they're playing in their own rules and they're forcing everyone to play in their own playground and when they have control of the game they can change the rules all they want but you know what you can change not playing in that game the one thing that you can change 
is choosing to play along with them. And right now, it's a dying fucking game. It's a dying game because they're literally eating themselves. If agencies and I'll, I'll tell you this, I will tell you this right now. Kitchener Comic Con, okay? In the middle of in the middle of Kitchener, Ontario, literally where? For the grand scheme of things in North America. Kitchener, we were getting I was getting emails from talent agencies. I was Kitchener Comic-Con was getting emails from talent agencies because they wanted lot they want to get us in do you know why do you know why I know these package shit deal exists you know why I know it exists because that's what they were offering me We'll give you five voice actors for this price, blah, 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 blah. Over this many events, blah, 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 blah. This is what they do. Funimation is a giant talent agency. It's not just a dubbing studio. It's a fucking talent agency. They do the same thing Every other talent agency does. They scoop up a bunch of talent. They pay them fucking pennies. And they say, okay, well, if you want, if you want my blue eyes, black dragon, blue eyes, white dragon, you have to take all, you have to take my giant germs. If you want the top billing of an agency, then they're going to pepper you in and force you to take four or five nobodies because they have to fulfill. They have to fill their obligations to them. And then it's all of a sudden bargain bin Sunday. You want the top billing agent by themselves? Oh, you got to pay a premium. And why do you think all of these little voice actors just sit in line and don't talk about anything? And oh, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Using a Yu-Gi-Oh reference while I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh woman, get out of my head. I activate dark deal. <laughs> all of these voice actors just sit down and shut up. Because they know you say anything at all. Mm. Do I have my sound bites turned on? I do now. Come on, man. Come on, man. Seriously, though. You want, if you want 
if you want to be a part of a talent agency, you can't say a fucking word about anybody because they will take your livelihood away like that. They'll take your, they'll take away your ability to make money. You have to sit down, shut up, toe the line. And I hate to say it largely Vic was made the fucking poster child for that. Vic was basically and it is it is mean girls all over again. Vic Vic was made to be the fucking scapegoat and he was made to be the example. The example of what happens when you step out of line. Gosh darn it, if he just if he just kept quiet and just took his punishment. Come on, man. Come on, man. Bullshit. Any word from Coward Con yet? No. It's uh, deafeningly silent over here. Deafeningly silent. Well, they got 15 more minutes. They got 15 more minutes. I'll give them 15 more minutes. If they want to come in, if they want to come in here and talk at all. Lobby's open. Lobby's open for them. I wanted to t- I wanted to talk to them straight to their face about all this. I want to say all this shit to their face, but you know, they apparently have absolutely no balls. Absolutely no balls. And what I will say. Dan, owner, is your name so proudly displayed on your website? Probably time to retire. Probably time to retire there, buddy. Even and the, the 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 sad part is even if appeals do come back favorably, like one hundred percent favorably for Vic, this won't change anything. I guarantee you. If and when appeals come back in favor for Vic and bring Funimation back in, Funimation will immediately settle. Because Funimation does not want anything subpoenaed. They don't want a fucking word of what they actually do getting out. Because shit like this that we're talking about right now would be brought to the forefront. 
And the sad part is, it probably has it. The people that run Funimation probably don't know anything about it. It's all little fucking weasels. It's all little fucking weasels that are in, in Funimation that, uh, are trying to make, uh, trying to make it power for themselves, cut out, cut out little sections for themselves. I mean, it's 50, 50, right? Caliber. It's 50, 50. If it comes back or not, who knows? They've been taking this long. So hopefully that means that they're actually taking a good long look at everything. But who knows? Only uh, only three people have a say if it's going to come back or not. And all we can do is wait, unfortunately. If it was... Uh, if everything was right in the world, it wouldn't have gone that way to begin with. We would have actually been like seven months deep into a trial right now. You know how it is. You know how it is. Ten more minutes. I'm gonna give them ten more minutes, and then we're gonna wrap up the show. If they don't, sh- if they don't want to answer, they don't want to answer my uh, my request for them to come on the show. It's it. It's just. There's so much that has gone into this. There's so much that has gone into the attacks, the the slandering, the libel, everything that's gone into this. It's unfortunate that we've created a, we've created a system beyond the justice system that permits it to exist, right? So I'll talk a little bit about, in this in this last 10 minutes, I'll talk a little bit about what power conventions and organizers actually have. So the funny part is, is when it comes down to a convention, um, organizers and staff really don't have a whole lot of sway over a lot of stuff that happens, right? When you're talking about when you're talking about a venue, if you're if you're renting out a venue, like you're renting out a hotel, maybe at a future date, Bora Riceda idea, big brain panel on this topic. I mean, hey, if people want to if people want to jump in and we want to talk about this, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to have Stan on. I'd love to have people on who are tied up in conventions to talk about all this stuff. Absolutely agree. Um, what it comes down to, if you're if you're renting like a hotel, you're renting out like stuff where you have control over your venue space. Um, depending on state, depending on province, depending on whatever country, you do have uh, you do have some control over who's allowed in, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes down to breaking the law 
however, if someone, unless someone gets assaulted on the convention property, so like someone walks up and punches another conven- another convention-y um, during the convention on property, you can't really do anything. You, you really, you can't do anything. You can kick a person out. Can't press charges because that didn't happen to you. If someone comes up and says, so-and-so sexually assaulted me at the hotel, I would, as a convention staff or owner, we can bring you to report it. Like we can, we can bring you to a place to report it safely. Um, we can get you in contact with the people that you need to get in contact with, but we can't report it for you. We can't. We can't report a crime on someone else's behalf. No more than you can report a crime on someone else's behalf. You know someone that got sexual assaulted. You can't call the police on behalf of someone else. I mean, you can. The police can go and, and interview the person and they can refuse. Much like Illich Guardiola did, right? If we remember that, Illich Guardiola sexually assaulted a minor because there is no consent for underage intercourse. Um, and when the police went to um, interview the minor and her guardian, they were uncooperative and they refused to interact with police. And so he was never charged. And that was because he agreed to marry her, right? Just the whole, just just the whole situation that Vic that that they blamed Vic for that wasn't actually Vic. Let's let's be perfectly clear about that. So you can't you can't report a crime on someone else's behalf. Because again, like, like James Andrew Morrison says, it's hearsay. Um, police can investigate it, but they can't charge somebody. So people thinking that conventions have this power to get people arrested and whatever else, we can report it. We can bring the person in to report it to the proper authorities. But that's about all we can do. If we witness someone get assaulted, we can kick them out. Exactly. He was also Monica's ex too. Yeah, Il Guardiola was Monica's ex. Goes to show you. Goes to show you. Love the company she keeps. Love the company she keeps. One on one caliber. Um, they have done so much to destroy Vic's career because that's how you get ahead in that in that industry. Unfortunately, if there is somebody ahead of you and, and you don't have the talent to, you don't have the talent to outperform them. The next best thing that you can do to get ahead is destroy them. Which is why they're coming for Sabbath. Make no mistake. He's just a useful idiot right now. 
once his usefulness runs out, well, we all know what's going to happen then. And nobody is going to be surprised. But for the moment, he's still useful. He's still he's still top of the, the convention mafia right now. It's only a matter of time, though. Only a matter of time. Well, one last look at the uh, at the Twitter notifications here. It doesn't look like they're going to take me up on my offer. Does not look like they're going to take me up on my offer. And for the bat and the balls, useful. You thought uh, you thought him to be a big player. He's owner of a company that has close ties with Funimation and Sony. You would have guessed that he has a bigger. Guess going to be bigger than a small fry. This is the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big you are. Look at Weinstein. Didn't matter that he was the biggest fucking fish. They still took him down after his usefulness ran out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, my prediction here, I'm going to look into my crystal ball. My prediction here is if I'll just say this when the entire Vic lawsuit is finished, right? Whether Vic wins or Vic loses or what have you more so Vic wins when this entire lawsuit is over with, I would not be surprised if Monica and Jamie are gone, that they're fired, they're terminated. They are not renewed. I would not be shocked. And that is when Sabbath's usefulness is going to run out. I guarantee you, I guarantee you when the entire Vic, uh, when the entire Vic uh, lawsuit scenario is over with, we're going to start seeing stories and, and it happened to me come out about Chris Sabbath. Put that, put the date in the calendar countdown. Cause that will be when Sabbath's usefulness is up. So he better fucking hope. Why do you think that he keeps putting them into conventions? Cause he fucking knows. As soon as they're out of work, he's dead. As soon as he's out of work, he's getting Epsteined. It's in his best interest to keep them at work. And the cycle continues. That's all I have for y'all today. That is all I have for everybody today. It's been an interesting show. A little bit of heat. A little bit of honey. Check out Hive and Harvest. They're they're from Ontario. Monroe Honey. The link is in the description. Check them out. This was the Blueberry Mead. Very, very fucking good. Very, very fucking good. Check them out. I highly recommend it. I'm going to be enjoying the rest of my Blueberry Mead. 
I'll save the uh, the raspberry mead until next show, and I'll do a review on that on the next show. We'll see the same kind of restructuring we saw at Rooster Teeth at Funny. You reckon? Absolutely. People are leaving and, and getting cleaned out by corporate. Corporate. Yep. Try to keep the casualties to a minimum. But, uh, do what you do what you have to do. All great causes require a few martyrs. Absolutely. Bring in the fire. Good to see you as always. Absolutely. Good to see every one of you. It's been a fun and interesting stream. Absolutely. As always. But if you like this kind of content, like and subscribe. I appreciate all of it. If uh, you want to donate to the Patreon, the link is down below. If you want to get, if you want to get your own copy of this wonderful blanket, I'm pretty sure the Teespring still has it up. This, uh, this beautiful Knuckleheads blanket. Get your own copy of it. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out today. It has been an absolutely amazing time as always. And as usual, we always say, you know, join us next time. Keep your stick on the ice. And until next time, bye-bye.